Welcome to The Application, the go-to, how-to podcast for higher education marketers. I'm your host, Allison Tercio, Assistant Vice President of Enrollment and Marketing at Siena College. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is packed with practical tips and actionable advice to help you elevate your marketing game. In each snackable episode, we bring in experts to share their insights and experience on the topics that matter most to you. Got a question or idea you'd like us to cover? Email team at enrollify.org or reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn. The application is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. And if you like this show, you'll definitely want to check out our other higher ed focused podcasts on admissions, tech, marketing, and more. They're packed with stories, ideas, and tools to help you be the best in your field. All right, it's time for the show. Today's episode is for every marketer out there who's ever wanted to be a catalyst for cultural change within their institution, but wasn't quite sure how to take that first step. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Frederick Martin, Senior Director of Change Management at University of Virginia. Together, we're going to get straight to the actionable insights I know you've been craving on this topic. Welcome, Frederick. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time um, for allowing me to come in and chat with you today. I'm really excited about this conversation because I think marketers are often natural change agents, right? But higher ed isn't known for change. So I'm so interested to get your your take on this topic. Can you briefly introduce yourself and share your background in cultural transformation within higher ed? Sure. Yeah, no. um, Again, Frederick Martin, CA Director of Change Management here at University of Virginia. I've been uh, with the university for almost six years, almost six years now. Um, I have over what I would say 15 years of organizational transformation and change management experience. Um, but for the last 10 years or so, my uh, focus has been around HR transformation as it relates to uh, large institutions, uh, healthcare systems. My role also supports our health system too as well. So we get to I get to live in both worlds, not only the academic division, but also our, our, our health system too, um, as as well. And so a large part of my focus is really what I would say, leaving people in places better than I found them. So how do you begin to look at what's transpiring uh, within, within an institution and where that institution needs to be, and how do you get them there through the power of our culture? And how does a cultural shift, like we're talking about, how can that impact the overall brand and reputation to a higher ed institution? Why is it important to be thinking about this? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's important to be thinking about this for all institutions. And and I'm going to talk specifically as it relates to um, the employee populations. I know a lot of times institutions really focus on the student experience and and the student and and the, and the student population. But I'm specifically talking about as it relates to the employee pop, the employee population. As you hear a lot of conversations over the last uh, three years or so, talking about the employee experience, the great resignation, people rethinking and reshifting how they see and view work as being a part of their lives. And so, um, this is not going to change. And I think we we look at higher ed institutions and historically how they work and how they operate and the cultures that live inside them. Um, this is a, a fantastic opportunity. And even though I will say, I will also say a uh, a needed opportunity to really look at 
uh, the culture from a, from a place of the beliefs and the behaviors that operate um, within your institution and what it actually means to uh, work there. Uh, how I often define this as when people say um, the employee experience is truly how the employees experience the work and not, they know it's not about uh, pin, uh, ping pong tables. It is not about having uh, enormous hours of PTO, but it's really about how employees experience work. Um, day in and day out. And this is a pivotal point um, within higher education as we begin to usher in the next couple of generations of the workforce, uh, uh, which which quite frankly, will be looking and expecting very different things from their from the employer than they had in the past. I don't think that you can have a great student experience if you don't have a great employee experience. Agreed. So I, they're connected. They're connected, right? And And I don't think that an institution, whether it's a college or university or any organization, I don't think you can be living your brand or your mission if the employee experience isn't matching to what that looks like. Yeah, no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And I think often enough organizations, institutions look at their look at their brand and, and as as who they are. And it really is who they are on paper. But when you talk when you're talking about culture and experience, it is actually what's lived with inside of your organization each and every day. I was talking to a, a, a colleague of mine a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the employee value proposition because this is also another big sort of term and thing that is coming around um, as we as, as institutions are reshaping and rethinking their workforce. And the conversation on employee and, and uh, employee value proposition was: the employee value proposition is treated like, in my mind, like your best friend that works somewhere else. So if if I had a best friend that worked at uh, at Duke, for example, and I said, "Well, you know, hey, I'm entertaining an opportunity to join you know, join Duke. Uh, what is it actually like to work there?" And whatever that whatever that best friend tells me is how you know is the employee is the employee value proposition. So your employee value proposition should be something that stands in the gap for not having the best friend to tell you like exactly what it is like to work there, um, where organizations institutions typically go wrong at when they were talking about the employee value propositions. And I can definitely see marketers and marketing um, kind of following the same trend is they they automatically gravitate towards, well, how many, how many uh, days of the PCO do we have? Yeah. What are our what are the benefits? What are the benefits that we offer? And the biggest mistake is that they spend time, they spend the emphasis of the employee value proposition focusing on why are we are great versus what is it like for you to be here, be a part of this community. So it's less about you should come and join us because we're a top ten institution and we have the best research and we have the amazing faculty as it is as it should be more about what is it like for you to be here a part of this community and and how and how can we help uh, grow and nurture you and you can thrive in this community and less about um, our accolades and so that's a and that's a big shift in thinking uh, for institutions because we you know we're sort of uh, born and bred on who we are and where we've been, what we've achieved. I find it particularly interesting that you're saying that the actual experience of the work is what matters more than those accolades because you're coming from UVA and UVA could name so many great accolades that many of other colleges don't have the opportunity to name, but it's still, that's still not enough. Yeah. 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 Still not enough. So the, so the brand, the brand gets you the door. Yeah. yeah the brand gets yeah, you yeah. the door and, and, but how you actually experience work and what's taking place. Um, for example, if your if your institution prides itself is in being a forward thinking, innovative, 
uh, uh, place of higher learning, but the actual experience of work is you have 82 steps to buy a stapler. They don't match. Yeah. They, they, don't, yeah. they don't match. And that's what people are looking for. And why this is extremely important is that, and especially you see this in top talent, uh, top talent, because we are truly in a war for talent. The top talent has the, uh, the, the ability to go anywhere they want when they want to go. And if what they're experiencing doesn't match what they're what they've been told or what they believe to see, um, they will leave. They will vote with their feet and go find somewhere else that that matches the experience that they're you know that they're looking for. Um, I call it the uh, sort of the Great Wizard of Oz effect, to where you you you, you the brand is so big to where you you're, you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, this has to be amazing because the brand is so big. There's no way that." it can be functioning in this, in this manner. And then you kind of go back and you pull behind the curtain and you find all these things. You're like, wow, it's not, it is not what I expected that they don't match each other. And so that's why it's extremely important. What role do you think that marketers can play in this? So most of our, the people listening to us right now, they're sitting in that chair and it seems to me it's high risk because marketing needs a strong brand. You know, uh, our jobs are a lot easier with a strong brand and reputation. But if that's not the lived experience of the institution, there's a lot of risk there for the marketers. So what role can marketers play? What strategies and approaches can they take to drive cultural transformation in their institutions? Sure. What I think about the role marketers can play um, in, in, in culture transformation, because they are they are the, the, the individuals that tend to go out and sort of do the deep dive, uh, do have, you know, have the data, um, have the, have the insights on um, what is, what is it like to, to be here? So marketers can play that role in really helping to what I will say, marketers should not go at it alone. Let me say that first. Yeah. Um, it should not, they should definitely not go at it, you know, go at it alone. It's not going to work. We know that. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to work. Um, and really being sort of crystal clear on what it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, in that in that culture trans in that culture transformation work, so really being um, aligned around the purpose, around around the the problem or the opportunity that exists, and really having being really crystal clear about what it is that you want that you want out uh, or out of that. Um, the role that going back to the role that I think marketers can play is, play in it is how do you how do you take everything that 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 encapsulates all of your findings, all of the information. And, and put it into what I will say a brand story. So what's the story that you want to tell in that, in that storytelling about the institution and, and about what it's actually like to work here? And how do you take all of these data points that, that, you'll, uh, that, you'll, that you'll have come in and really craft uh, an amazing story that lives on through um, the actual transformation itself and beyond? And I think that's really uh, how, how marketing can really help uh, drive that, you know, drive drive that culture transformation because ultimately they're the they're the individuals that have still that, that that creative lens and can really take those finite pieces and and piece together a story that is so compelling that it makes someone when they click on an, when they click on um, an ad for a, a job at an institution and it and it loads a video talking about what it's like to work here to really have to have that that piece of content connect so deeply with an individual that they're like wow. I want to be here because this story is so compelling and authentic and, and emotionally authentic. connected. Yeah. yeah. It has yeah, to be know. real. I mean, we could, we could give anybody a script right, to be in a video like that, but is, yeah. is it real? Yeah. yeah, it is a real, is it, is it, is it real? And going back to some of the, you know, some of the strategies that, that, um, 
when it, when I think about as it relates to culture transformation, you, you have to start out. The first strategy I will say, you start from a place in what you don't know. So start by asking the question, what don't I know about our culture? Because often enough, we will, we will start with the things that we know um, and lean heavily on that and say, here's everything I know about our culture. So let's build, let's build around that. So I say, start from a place um, of what asking the question of what don't I know uh, about, you know, about, about our, our, our culture. Um, part two would be really resist the urge to lean heavily and rely heavily on your current traditions and, and, and things that have, that have lived in the institution forever, because it is, it is a, it is a place of comfort. It is a place of, of here's what I know. And, and, and you find, you find yourself really, really digging deep on, well, it's traditional. This is where you've always done it. It is, this is the way, this is the way that it's always, this is the way that it's always been, been lived here. Um, and that can get you stuck and that'll have you end up in the same place you were, you were, you were before. So not leaning heavily on tradition, uh, in the beginning, because you'll end up essentially in the same place you were before. And thirdly, really, um, uh, pulling back the, the proverbial curtain on culture by, in a couple of ways, a, um, doing focus groups. And, and I recommend probably doing this with a third party vendor because people are more open, uh, to talk to folks that don't, you know, that, that are not a part of an institution. And, they and we have them. biases. And we have biases. Um, and so having that third party, um, uh, do a, do a, do a cultural assessment within the organization or, or perform your own cultural assessment and, and, and cultural assessments are very different in employee engagements because often, uh, marketers and other departments, HR, um, in, in addition, will, will say, well, what does that employee engagement say? Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting constantly confused by all of the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction and even worse, melt. You knew this was going to happen again, which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing, admissions, and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. You're not going to convince Mark from marketing to let go of his marketing automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM and Isabel from IT is still working through ticket requests from last Christmas. But what if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, guess what? Today is your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, becoming the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes symptoms like the SIS behind the scenes where they belong making it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their journey, from prospect to alumni. What's even better, Pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100% parity with the responsive web app, so your campus app is always in sync. Pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus, from marketing to admissions to student affairs to IT and more, can get equally excited about. 
Learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Allison from the application sent you their way. What I tell individuals is that your your culture is feeds your environment, which your environment creates the level of your employee engagement, not the other way around. And so people often start with the employee engagement, which is just a snapshot in time, versus what's the what is it actually like to work here and in, in, in the cultures and the behaviors that and the beliefs that live out each and every day. And and I'll give you and I'll give you an example of that. And I think this is one that is probably true. Um on, on, on all, on all higher ed, on all, on all universities and college um, campuses that the idea and the, the theory and the, the belief around uh, faculty is king. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying they're not, um, you know, they're not, but this idea of uh, that I, that a person or an individual can act a certain way, do a certain thing and all in the name and the vein of, well, I am a faculty member and I can just do whatever it is that I, you know, that I, that, that I, that I want to do. And you can't do anything about it. That's that's cultural. That is that is that is your that is your culture, and 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 that is what impacts each and you know each and every faculty member, or dean, or whoever it may be. That that impacts that. And when an or, and when an institution is okay with that, and what I mean by being okay with that is by turning a blind eye, um, not addressing it, and allowing that and allowing that behavior to exist, um, knowingly and willing, all for the sake of that's your you know that's your culture. The problem is, or the or the what's 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 happening now when you start beginning to see going back to our next generation in workforce, they don't they don't they don't subscribe to that same level of thinking. Yeah. There is no there is they are not going to allow someone to to or to to treat them in a certain manner or be in a certain environment, all for the sake of you are at this level or you have this role and I'm here and you can do such a thing. Um, they're not. Uh, they're going to uh, voice their opinion. Um, they're also going to uh, lead with their feet and say, I'm going to go somewhere else. And also, by the way, on the way out, I'm going to go to all my platforms and say why I'm leaving and what it's like to actually work here. <laughs> and, that's, yeah. and that's a big, and that's a big, yeah. and that's a big. Even if, even if they don't do it on social media, they're doing it to their family and friends. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. negative word of mouth. It's negative word, yeah. it's negative word of mouth. And so, um, and word and word travels and word travels fast. Yeah. So yeah, so those are just some of the things that I when I think about it. Yeah. You mentioned data um, a little bit earlier, and I was wondering, outside of doing focus groups and interviews where you can generate some of that qualitative data, are there any quantitative data points or indicators to be focusing on and keeping track of? Yeah, no, that's a really that's a really great question, and here is the. What I find to be sort of the, the, the hard truth is that most times, and, and, and every institution is very different. So most times when an institution does uh, seek out data or information, it's done at the school level. So you will find information in these certain pockets. And if something is done in a whole college or university perspective, it's usually done in a way that are or surveys that, how do you like to parking? How do you like to benefit? Yeah, yeah. It really, these that don't really get after what is it actually like? To yeah. Work what here. is my experience? What yes. is my what is my what is my experience? And so, um, most so in most cases, one would have to to be brave enough. I used to wear brave to start and actually really ask those those hard gut wrenching questions. And the and the 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 problem slash opportunity is when you ask those questions, you have to be prepared to you know to um to address them and be prepared to uh to do something to do something about them. I remember 
um, back in, and this is related, semi-related, but not but not directly related. Back in, I want to say it was 20, 2020 when the uh, when the university we did a we did an assessment around um, BI and, and B, and it was and some really some really tough information came out. But we took it, we absorbed it, and we built plans plans around that. Um, but again, going back to once you once you uh, ask the question of really open that door, you have to be willing to walk through it and address those things. So yeah. Earlier, when you mentioned that idea of employee value proposition, what would they say to a friend about what it's like to work at your college or university? It made me wonder if one of the things that you could be measuring and looking at is a willingness to refer mm-hmm. the college or university as a workplace to your friends sure. and family because the will it, that that is an indicator of satisfaction and I would think belonging and and other key connections. Sure, yeah, no, it is, and 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 um, your uh, yeah, uh, net promoter score, your employee yeah, net promoter store, score, yeah, what you know is is that measure, and I remember a part of the. The work that I've been doing here at the at, at the university, uh, specifically in our human resources department, is that through we went through an entire HR transformation over the last um, five five years. So uh, the big bang uh, taking several HR departments, putting them into one department, new new processes, new or new operating model, everything you know, sort of uh, sort of everything under under the sun. Um, what was evident in in about year two or year three. Was that the the experience wasn't matching what our employees were saying, nor the service that they were receiving? Uh, and in sort of fast forward, what we ended up doing was doing um, and in the survey with had a net promoter score in there. And at that time, when we when we did that back in 2019, yeah, 2009, end of 18, 2019. Only 50% of our organization um, would recommend us to it as a place to work to our friends and family. And so that was a huge, huge a wake up call. There's a huge wake up call for us to really um, begin to to understand that, uh, quite frankly, we did not have our culture. We took we took 14 different departments, put them all under one and kind of said, go. Um, yeah. and, and organizations and institutions typically think that, well, these culture will work itself out. And, and it doesn't. You either get the culture you want by being deliberate about it or the one that is unintended by not doing anything. And so we, you know, we did, we kind of hit the, it will work itself out as people begin to sort of gel together. And that, did, and that, and that just wasn't the case. Um, fast forward, uh, I'm happy to say after three years of some, some really hard work on culture, our, our net promoter score, um, it's of course of 80, 85%, wow. um, almost even, almost even 90% for our organization. Um, uh, and our organization roughly has about 335, you know, individuals in it because we support, you know, like I said, the academic division as well as the, the health system. And so we've, we've, we've been very intentionally deliberate about the culture in which we're trying to shape on within, within HR. And that's something else that I think marketers and other individual spaces, they kind of take on, um, the, the, the culture bear is that it's. In any institution, whether you're talking about a, a University of Virginia or any other institution, culture is big and it lives yeah. in a lot of different places. And it's a huge undertaking. No one person owns it. No one. Person it's this uh, like amorphous thing that's existing. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one person owns it, but everybody, but everybody impacts it. You know. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's that thing. How do you begin to how do you begin to have a shared set of values? Um, and, and principles in which in which we 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 agree to coexist by, 
Mm-hmm. And and we and we then lean into then we, and we then lean into those things. But one of the things that as we were going through our body of work was, well, if we're building our own culture within HR, how is that going to play out? Um, and you know, in the schools and in the rest of the university. And and I continue to lean into. No one says no to no no to great work. If we're providing great work and we're providing great service, um, no one says no one says no to that. What will often what will often end up happening is people will begin to recognize and say, hey, there's something different about um, that HR organization. There's something different about the level of service. It begins to ask questions about well, what's going on over there. And then what we what, one of our, uh, our our inspirations is basically to be a um, to be a vision of uh of what is pop what a collection of people are capable of for everyone else and we just and we allow them to follow and, and and help out uh where we you know where we can but really focusing on um not trying to avoid the ocean or do you want to start smaller i'm really impressed by the intentionality and this idea of showing versus telling yes. because you've got to prove this concept you're not just going to be able to change people's minds about it you've got to show them yeah yeah this and this is definitely coaching work on any level is definitely a do with and not for um often people will kind of want to go out of the back room and say hey let's come out and, and we're going to show you this great culture here you are you all go out and then you live it and it yeah. just doesn't work that way so yeah. it's definitely like any change initiative or transformation initiative it is definitely a do with and not for so how do you get people uh, involved in, the, in that body of work so ultimately they can see themselves in it they can see their hands in it um uh, it creates a higher level of, of ownership and, and adoption around that and it becomes this thing that we've all done together that we want to sustain and do and it's not about one person it's not about one department because ultimately what i what i tell individuals that your your culture should live on even after the person that started it uh moves on and that's and that's a true sign of what's you know that the culture was about has been uh, incorporated in the DNA of an institution yeah. and not and not within a person with him or with him or herself. I love that. Not an easy task, right? No. <laughs> to weave this change and sort yeah. of organically adopt change across an organization, but that's the only way for it to be sustainable. Yeah, it's the only way. It's the only way for it to be. That's the only way for it to be sustainable. Thing, and it can't. It can't live um, in certain pockets and, and, and not in others. And yeah. it, but that doesn't mean that everyone has to be. Think of it as an orchestra. While we all have different, you know, different instruments, different um, different roles in which we play within that within that piece, they all come together harmoniously for for a collective uh, 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 musician uh, musical production. But they're all doing very vastly different things. So. But they all uh, understand their role that they play within that in that piece too. So it's not about having every single school within the larger context of an institution um, live by and do all the same things word for word. It's really a, because you will have subcultures. But what you have to be sure of that you're just a subculture support and influence and 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 most importantly is in alignment with what the larger culture is for around for around the institution. And that's really what you're really what you're looking for. And people uh, often uh, think that culture means that everyone has to, everyone has to look, feel, think a certain way. And that's not the, and that's not the case. It is that is, I go back to, it is a lived set of values um, and beliefs about who we are um, and what we do uh, within it, within an organization institution 
that we all agree to live by. So as guiding principles as, 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 as human beings, and that's, and that's, and that can look very differently from, from area to area, but the core of it is still the same. And it just feels right for higher ed to me when you're talking about this, because we are so values and mission driven as organizations. Yeah. I mean, that's a really common thread. Yeah. So, so it seems like this is a really great fit for thinking in this way um, in higher ed in particular. Any final advice or key takeaways you'd offer to our listeners who are mostly higher ed marketers, but look who are who are maybe looking to lead successful cultural transformation initiatives? Yeah, no, I would I would say um, be really start with start with you don't know asking the question what don't I know about our culture? So I will I will go back to that and really sort of spend time just kind of unpacking. Um, a list of things that which you don't know or understand about about the current culture. Uh, the other advice would be to really um, spend a whole lot of time or, or an enormous amount of time really thinking about what is it that you want to achieve? What is it that you're looking at doing? Are you are you focusing on the student? Are you focusing on the, on, on the employee? And really being crystal clear about, about that. Um, and then understanding what the opportunities uh, are in front of you or what uh what problems lie um that there will service as roadblocks or barriers to the um you know to the to, to the success uh of 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 that too as well um start small don't try to boil the ocean out of the you know out of the out of, out of the gate really start small and deliberate and and really and, and be intentional about what it is that you're trying to um to put together and that you're trying to produce for the overall um for, you know for the overall institution and and most importantly making sure that that whatever your brand is and whatever your uh, your values are truly match what's actually happening um, and experiencing in the uh, in, in your institution. There are a couple of good um, books that I always kind of go back to and resonate to uh, whenever I kind of want to uh, rethink or sort of uh, refresh myself on things. One is the Culture Code, which is a great which is a great book which talks about culture and the code and in, in, in the DNA of an organization. Um, another one is the Culture Map by Aaron Meyer, um, which talks about how you know how culture mapping and how what it looks like um, within with, within an organization or institution. And then thirdly, the one that's um, orchestrating transformation, which really talks about how do you sort of put all the pieces together um, to have that harmonious transformation um, within you know within your organization or institution. So all, all great all great resources for uh, for for out there. Um, we also have within our, and we can put it in the uh, the podcast notes. I'll provide you a link. So, with uh, what we've done in UVA HR, is that we have a full on culture guide and playbook that really explains in details what our what our uh, culture is all about and how we live by that culture. And so, we I'll, I'll share that out, and and the listeners can take a look at that. It's open. It's all into the public. It's a website that's open to the public. Uh, along with that, we also have our um, our culture operational plan. Which outlines all of our activities and and, uh, and and tactics throughout the entire calendar year. So again, it goes back to really being deliberate um, about what it is that you're trying to achieve through your um, through your coach. So happy to share that with the listeners, and they can and they can check those things out. Thank you. So many insights, so many resources. I can't wait to find out the answer to what do I not know about the culture. I love that way of looking yeah. at it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frederick. This was really, really educational. No, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. Um, and, and thank you for your listeners for taking the time to listen. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
If you want more great insights and advice from experts like Frederick, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.